Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski. I am coming at you hot today with a question I got yesterday, which was, how do I know when to walk away? I've been getting this question a lot from women mostly who are in partnerships, relationships, marriages that aren't serving them, but they don't know when it's time to walk away. And if you've been following me on Instagram or TikTok or listening to my past episodes on this podcast, you know I left a 14-year relationship and a nine-year marriage this past year. So if there's someone who knows a little bit about letting go and walking away from things that don't serve them, it's definitely your girl right here. And I want to talk about how I knew when it was time to leave, when I knew it was time to leave, and how I'm approaching dating or friendships, relationships right now with an entirely new perspective on when it is time to let go, walk away, shift my energy, or move differently. That is something I have been utilizing a lot to my advantage is knowing how to move differently, knowing how to lean back, knowing how to step into certain energies to get the outcome that I'm desiring, which might even be no outcome, right? Depending on how they move in response. So there's a lot of answers within just simply knowing how to move about relationships. But I want to back up here and I want to talk about how I knew when it was time for me to leave. I'll be honest. I was always the girl getting her heart broken. In high school, that's what happened to me. I was the girl that got dumped. I was the girl that didn't get chosen. I was the girl that, you know, my parents said no, so I can't. And they didn't choose me. I had two specific boyfriends in high school that simply just did not choose to be with me. They said they loved me, even to this day, regret not choosing me, 15 years later, by the way, um, but didn't choose me. I had people not choose me from a very young age, okay? I was their girl getting her heart broken, not being chosen, being cheated on, you know, I... I was never really the heartbreaker. I think I maybe broke one man's heart in my life outside of my ex right now. (laughs) Um, That's a different story. We'll get into that. But before him, there was one guy that I, I broke his heart. I'm pretty sure of it. I did. He was in the military and I did write him a dear John because I had met my then husband, um, you know, on a whim and it, it, I wasn't quite feeling the connection. He was in the military. It was a whole thing. And I'm quite certain that I broke that man's heart. And I didn't mean to, but it was on, I was being honest with myself and I knew when to walk away. And that, that was one time, I think, at an early age where I knew I had to trust myself and leave a situation that on paper, he was great. Had a great job, had a nice car. My family loved him. He treated me like a queen. Looking back, probably one of the nicest guys I'd ever met. And it wasn't that I wasn't choosing him because maybe, right? Maybe it was my subconscious wounds that like he treated me so good that I felt like I didn't deserve it. So then I was seeking out relationships that proved that I was unworthy of love, right? It could be that on a subconscious level, but also I, 
I also just wasn't feeling the chemistry and the the compatibility as much as I would have hoped. And so I walked away. Um, but all this to say, not to give too much um, insight on relationships from when I was in my teen years, right? Because those are very like underdeveloped relationships that I had had. Um, but just to say, like, I was never the girl that really hurt anybody. I I wasn't the girl that cheated. I've never cheated. I've ne- I've I'm super duper loyal. So hurting someone and leaving a relationship behind, I'm realizing, yes, they go hand in hand, but it's all about the intention. And so knowing when to leave is just key. Knowing when to leave. So when did I know that I wanted to leave my marriage? This is a very sensitive question. And I just want to get right into it. So I knew I wanted a divorce the day I gave birth to my second son. I knew that my soulmate, my partner, would respond to me being in labor and in childbirth differently than the way that my partner, my ex was responding while I was in labor. And I don't want to get into the details. Legally, I probably can't. Um, But I'll just say at the very surface level how I was treated in that moment of pain and, you know, that moment of just vulnerability. I needed my partner in ways and he was unable to show up for me in that moment. And in my heart and in my head, it was like a light bulb went off and it was like, this is not your person. And mind you, two days before, my ex-boyfriend, my first love had passed away two days before I had given birth to my son. And this is going on four years now. In April, it'll be four years he'd passed away. So four years ago, I knew this was no longer my person, okay? That's a long time to know someone's not your person. And I heard it clear as day. And maybe it was this new energy from my, you know, my first love who'd passed away, who now I identify as a guardian angel for me in this lifetime, who guides me. I've connected with him through a psychic medium. Like, I, we are so connected. And... It was almost as if his death somehow gave me insights, somehow like plugged me in my, like supercharged my intuition, like plugged me in and helped me really see the world differently. I can tell you that on April 27th, 2019, I, I was never the same person after that day. And that is the day that he passed away. I saw life completely differently. I saw how short it was. I saw what regret feels like. I felt everything. And then I gave birth two days later. So I was heavy in my feelings. I was hit with grief. I was hit with childbirth trauma, right? I was hit with so much. And so For me, my story is a bit different and everyone has their own story, but I knew almost four years ago when I heard that voice in 
the hospital room while I was having contractions. This is not your person. And from that day, a little bit of my heart died inside for this man every passing day, slower, slower, slower. And my friend Claire kind of told me when I finally decided to file, she told me, everyone sees the big explosion right now, but she's like, your friends, all of us, we've seen this as a slow gas leak. And that's exactly what it is. My closest friends know that over the years, this relationship was killing me. Physically, I was sick. I had triggered an immune response in my body. I was so sick with Crohn's disease. I was diagnosed in 2021 after all of 2020 being so sick. And right, like we're dealing with a pandemic. I'm stuck in the house with this person. You know, I am, there's a lot going on, but also like the festering wound of, I am not with my person. I am with someone who is in complete unalignment with every area of my life. And none, not one of my needs were met. My emotional needs, my needs for certain types of intimacy. We weren't friends, you know, like I think you have to be friends too. Like we weren't friends We didn't hang out. We didn't have conversations. We didn't like the same things. There was a lot of contempt. There was a lot of resentment and anger and bitterness. And there were so many things that just weren't right. But I stayed. I stayed for my kids. I stayed for the life we built, for the swim club that we have together. I stayed for the cars. I stayed for like I I stayed because I felt like I had to. I felt like this is what you do. You get married and you stay no matter what. No matter what you stay. It's the best for the kids, right? Like you just, you need to stay. So I stayed. Even though the voice inside of my head said, this isn't your person almost four years ago. And each day, the gas leak was slowly hissing out. And I could feel the fumes. It was dizzying around me. And I knew what was going on inside. And when I started having the physical manifestations of being sick, it was my body saying, sister, we got to get out of here. We are burning from the inside out. We are about to explode. This gas leak is going to turn into a full-on explosion if we don't get out of here. And that is how I got to where I'm at. So I left my partner. Well, let me back up. I tried to leave my partner December 2021 was when I, at my lowest, went online, clicked a bunch of random divorce documents, didn't know what I was doing, randomly filed for divorce in December because I knew I had had enough. I was at my breaking point in August of 2021. I had talked to like a relationship and um, 
an abuse coach, to be totally honest, like uh, an emotional abuse coach. And I'm not going to get into, into that just yet, but I knew something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right. So August, 2021, my gut was like, sis, we got to be done here. December, 2021, my body, something came over me and made me fill out divorce documents. And I told him, I said, I am done. I can't do this anymore. I get phone calls from both sides of the family. Brittany, what are you doing? This isn't what our family does. We stay. We stay with people. That's what marriage is. You got to fight. Just give it another chance. Come on. Haven't you? And I'm like, guys, I've given so many chances. Chances no one even knows about I've given chances. I'm out of chances. My body is on fire. I am sicker than I've ever been. I can't get out of bed. I cry most nights on my living room floor. I, and no one sees this, but I know I'm done. I have been done. I have slowly been done. And I, I, I know I'm done, but no one believed me. And I got convinced into staying longer than I was ready to stay. So that's December 2021. We go into January 2022 with some empty promises of change. I'm going to change for you. I'm going to do this for you. This is going to get better. Um, And then they didn't. And then they were empty. And nothing was really changing like it was supposed to. and, And I was right back to where I was. And then from May 2022 to... July was a big turning point for me to know like, okay, sister, there was something else happening in my body and I will be completely transparent. Um, When I am in love with someone or I am like really feeling someone, have feelings for someone or am connected with someone, like I am extremely loyal and I have eyes for absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. I am dead inside for literally any other man. When I have one person of interest. I don't care if you're a celebrity. I don't care if you're a model. Like if my heart is attached to yours in some way, everyone else is dead to me. But I knew that this was one of the symptoms for me and I'm going to be transparent. I was starting to notice men. I wasn't talking to them and I wasn't being disloyal, but I knew I started to develop like almost a wandering eye. It was like my body was like searching subconsciously for a new partner without me even fully being on board. And it was this insatiable desire for someone new, someone else. And I hadn't felt that before. And this is very vulnerable. And I'm just going to like, I'm just being honest here. This is one of the symptoms for me that I knew. I had an insatiable desire to be with someone else because none of my needs were met. I had, this gas leak had gone so long Years and years that I've gotten to this point, crying on the floor, complaining to my friends, you know, going on random drives just so I could dry heave sob at the steering wheel and just scream in the car on my way to Target to buy aioli and like mini cucumbers, right? Like (laughs) my life was in shambles and no one had a freaking clue. And so to the outside world, it just appears like, Brittany lost her mind. She filed for divorce out of nowhere. And that's just not the case. It's not. Um, But I knew the symptom was 
from like May to July, I'm starting to develop this, this, uh, like yearning, this longing for someone else. I didn't know who, but I just knew there's someone else coming. There's someone else. And I communicated this with my partner. I said, I'm actually really concerned with this feeling that's taking over me. I don't think this is normal when you're happy, when you're in love. And that is my communication style. Very honest, open, blunt, upfront. The communication, you'll never be confused about what's going on inside of me or outside as far as my feelings go. I'm very transparent. And I was very transparent. I'm like, I, I don't think this is normal because, you know, when I was happy with this person, they were the apple of my eye. I mean, my entire muse and like, I was obsessed with you in like the best of ways, right? I had eyes for no one. And the fact that I was starting to feel that made me nervous and I communicated with him and I won't go into details about how that went, but it went very confusing And it wasn't what I was expecting from a partner who I thought loved me and who I wanted to believe loved me in the ways that I deserve, right? Okay, so that happened. And then finally in July, I'm like, this is not love. This this is not it for me. And I did the bold and brave thing that I knew for years I should have done and I filed for divorce and I walked away. Another symptom for me was I'm a really big meditator and I'm a, I'm a manifester. I journal, I meditate. Another thing for me that came up was I, and I heard this in a podcast and I'll be honest, I had followed Rachel Hollis for a really long time. And when her and Dave Hollis got divorced, if you don't know who she is, she wrote Girl, Wash Your Face. She's a New York Times bestseller, entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcast host, badass, woman of, you know, mother of four. Like she was doing all of these things that I wanted to do. And when I saw her, I'm like, I see myself in you. And you, I felt encouraged. Like if she could do it, I can do it. And so I followed everything she did. And when her and her husband got divorced, I was pissed. I was like, you can't get divorced. You were supposed to show me the way. You, you were supposed to stay. Everyone stays. Why didn't you stay? And it triggered me because it was a, it was a happy family. Everyone, they, they were a unit. They were together. And when she got divorced, I was crushed. I might have even talked about it on a podcast episode back then. I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. You're not supposed to do this. <laughs> and then I heard a podcast episode I think it was like a year later, she kind of starting to open up and talk about like what happened and why, why she left Dave. And there was one episode that had my jaw on the floor because she was like, she also big into journaling, has her own journal. I have my own journal too, by the way, it's on Amazon. I love it. It's called the Your Daily Vibe Journal. And uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of similarities here between us. And she's like, I journal and I meditate And I was reading back in my journal entries and I was thinking back to my visualizations and I didn't see Dave. I didn't see him in my visualizations anymore. And I didn't even know, I I wasn't aware of it until I went back and I read my journal entry talking about 
In her case, she was talking about her 40th birthday and she had written out every detail in advance because that's what you do in manifestation. You, you pre-write it out as if it already happened. She goes, Dave was nowhere to be found. Not in my visualization, not in my journals, nowhere. And it was a subconscious thing, a completely unconscious thing. And she didn't even mean to. It, her body knew, everything else knew. And I remember listening to this and I'm obviously at this point, I'm still married, but I'm, I'm conflicted and I know that I don't want to be in this anymore. I just sob. I'm in my bedroom. I'm folding laundry. I will never forget this moment. It was a turning point for me. And I was like, holy shit. I have not seen my partner in my visualizations for a very long time. I have not, when I journal about my future, he's not there. He's not there. And it was this unconscious knowing, like, it was like an awakening of sorts. It's like, okay, I know this isn't my person, but now I know this isn't my person, right? And there's a very specific visualization that I have. It's me and the boys, my boys, and they're between the ages of like eight and 10, right? They're two years apart. And it's a gray, hazy day on Lake Michigan, and I'm calling in that I'm going to own real estate on Lake Michigan, and I'm manifesting that for myself, and I see us in our lake house, and it's a gray, hazy day, and the boys are in their swim trunks, and they've got their boogie boards, and it's a little bit wavy, kind of like a windy day, and they're walking ahead of me, and I'm walking behind them. My hair's a little longer. And I don't see anyone with me. Or at least I haven't, right? Like for years, I I didn't see anyone next to me. I just saw me and the boys on the beach. And it never occurred to me, like, where's my partner? Where is he? Where's my husband? Like, why wasn't he there? And when I would visualize my future, when I would visualize me in this lake house and and waking up and having coffee and doing, doing the things that I like, guys, I was alone. I was alone. I was either alone or I was with the boys alone. There was no one. And that's not to say like once I meet a partner, like my visualization can't change. I can already feel it shifting. Like this is crazy. But since I've been quote single and I do this meditation um, consistently, this this meditation I found on YouTube, I'll, I'll link it for you guys below. Um, it's like 20 or 30 minutes and you visualize like your life and your future. And every time I do it, I cry for whatever weird reason. Um, but you like feel the countertops in this meditation. Everything is very vivid, right? You're, you're, you're pulled right into that moment. I can see him. I can see my person. I can see him opening the door and coming into my, or I would be our house, right? Like coming into our lake house. I see him wearing this gray, like hooded sweatshirt and jeans and you know, he's got this like grounded feeling about him, like just this masculine energy that just is so safe and secure feeling. And I feel him next to me when I'm sitting on the, you know, the porch overlooking the lake and drinking coffee and he's to my right and he's, and I melted into his chest and I don't know what his face looks like exactly, but I have had a meditation where probably about a year ago, even before I filed. I had a meditation of him and what he looks like. And I'll just be honest. 
I saw him as clear as day. I was doing the soulmate meditation because I wanted to try to see if my partner would come into my visualization, like my my husband at the time. I wanted to know, like, is it him? Can I, like, who is my soulmate? Because I just haven't seen him in my, in my visualizations. And what I saw, and I keep getting this image, is this man with brown hair, brown eyes, and a beard, and a really great smile, and just so much, like, happy, positive, almost, like, charismatic energy, just goofy, silly, like, childlike, and playful, and fun, and I I see us hiking, and I see me, like, on his back, and we're taking, like, goofing off, like, up the mountain, and we're taking funny selfies together, and I see that. I see us in, you know, our other properties and our other homes and locations throughout um, the United States or wherever, like, all over the place. Like, I know roughly what he looks like, clear as day. So it's so funny because even since I've been single, like any man, this is the power of manifestation. Any man that I've called in has had brown eyes and a beard. Like, and I mean called in, like my energy has somehow attracted them and not a single one has not fit this description. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, gosh, manifestation is so crazy. So like that is, those are the only like, that's what I'm calling in so far with my energy. And it's crazy because my, my subconscious knows, like, this is our guy. And be on the lookout because this is what he looks like. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> I also want to note, too, that um, in July, I spoke with a psychic medium. And this was, if you don't know what a psychic medium is, they talk to dead people, like, just straight up. They talk to dead people. And I was like, my birthday was coming up and I was like, man, kind of want to talk to my dead ex, you know, like I felt his energy. I was still like grieving him quite a bit. And I, I was told by my friend Amber, she's like, dude, I, I met with a psychic medium. It was like a phone call, like a virtual thing, but like she knew stuff that no one else could possibly know you should do it. And I'm like, well, shit, my birthday's coming up. I just like tripled my business the night before. I might as freaking well, like I might as freaking well do this because what's, what is there to lose? So I booked the call with a psychic medium and right away he comes through and he is, he knows things that are going on in my life that no one else would know. And she's like, I see moving boxes. I see you moving. I'm like, well, that's important. And at this point in time, I wasn't yet divorced, but I was very much considering it, which is why I kind of needed like a push from someone else, like a a third party, i.e. a psychic, right? Like I wanted someone to tell me it was safe to leave. And that's exactly what I got. Um, Without even saying a word, she's like, I see you moving in six months. Like you're out of there. Um, I'm like, well, that's impossible. Like I, we have this beautiful home we bought together and like I'm married and she's like, you're married, you know? And then we go into, she's like, I don't think that's, that doesn't seem like that's not the right fit because I'm sensing this and this and this is going on. Is that true? And I'm like, how the hell do you know this? Yes, right? Um, so I have this other like epiphany, this moment from my spirit guides on the other side, my guardian angel, my, you know, my angel team over there. And they're just like, sis, this ain't it. You're, this is what's going to happen. And then at the very end, she's like, 
telling me details about, you know, like you're going to meet someone and you're going to meet someone, you know, the number eight is significant. So maybe it's eight months from now or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And here's what he's going to look like. And I, I wanted to die. She's like, he's going to have brown eyes, brown hair and a beard. And I'm like, stop it. How do you know this? Like, I'm just telling you, I know things. You're, you know things. You will know things. And meditation is a really, really, really powerful way to tap into that inner knowing. So that's kind of where I'm going to like plug that in is if you're on the fence, meditate on it, sis. Like meditate on it. Let your body and your intuition tell you things. Let that be your compass. Let your inner knowing be your compass for what is brewing inside of you, the reality of the situations. You might have physical manifestations. You might be sick. You might have you know, gut issues. That was my case. You might have weird rashes or I had weird rashes that I had this one on my wrist And it wouldn't go away. And I noticed this the other day. It's completely gone. Um, My gut is completely healed since I've detached my energy from this person who is not in alignment with me, right? Um, But also, like, my mystery rashes are gone. Like, my body was literally screaming at me, this is not your life anymore. These people can't go with you. And I'm talking, like, in-laws, neighbors, you know, like, this neighborhood, like this house, all of these things are like energetic weights that were keeping me down subconsciously. And, and there's no judgment, no disrespect. Like I adored my in-laws, my family, my friend, like around me. It was never to say it was never good enough. It was just the universe, the energy saying like, this isn't for you anymore. We have to pull you out and put you where you belong because this is not where you belong. And even with the family functions and things, like I notice myself and I look back, I notice myself detaching. I notice myself daydreaming when I was with like at, you know, in this family still and in this lifestyle and doing the day-to-day things that they you know, that they did. It just wasn't in alignment with me anymore, right? Like, I'm, I'm not a big drinker. So, like, sitting around and drinking wine and, like, regurgitating the same old stories and doing all these things, like, it no, no shade, no disrespect. It just, my soul wasn't, that wasn't what I, what, where I wanted to be subconsciously. So, I would remove myself mentally. I would just daydream. I would just stare off or I would, you know, leave early and go home and like, sure, it sounds bad when you say it out loud, but it was also like me knowing I'm not supposed to be here. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. And it's hurtful to say out loud. And I'm sure it's hurtful if someone's listening to this and they're like, gosh, like that doesn't sound so good. That doesn't make me feel so good. And, and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. It's one of those symptoms where I, like, if you look back, I was disconnecting subconsciously from all of it, not just my partner, but my partner's family, my partner's friends, you know, like I knew I wasn't in alignment. This wasn't the life for me. The the things that you guys enjoy doing, I don't enjoy doing, you know, especially when I started living a more sober conscious lifestyle. And so like hanging out with friends and drinking beers or whatever, like that's just not, it's not what I really wanted to do. I wanted to hang out with friends and like go to a park and meditate together, hang out with friends and like, let's go to coffee and talk about the universe. Like I want to hang out with people who, 
you know, want to have expansive conversations and are growth minded and who, you know, inspire each other to be better and who we're not relying on alcohol to socially lubricate our feelings. And like, do we even really like being around each other if we have to drink all the damn time? Like to, to make it like bearable, like maybe we don't really even like any of us, right? Like maybe we all don't get along, but we've just socially lubricated. And so I'll also say too, like removing alcohol was huge for me to know that it was time to go. Cause I knew who wasn't really on vibe with me. <laughs> like if I'm showing up somewhere sober, not drinking and the vibe ain't right. Cause I can actually feel it and know it. I'm moving different. Like that's just on facts. And that's kind of what happened to me was I decided to not make alcohol a huge part of my life anymore. And as a result, I stopped hanging out with certain people because it didn't serve me. It wasn't a good fit. We weren't on the same vibe and that's that. So there's a lot of things that come into play. And that's another thing I would say, like to connect with your intuition, to connect with your reality, maybe stop drinking if you're drinking a lot. Because I'm telling you, like, you're going to hear your, your intuitive voice a lot louder and a lot clearer. You're going to have mental clarity. You're going to feel better in your body. You're, you're going to look better, <laughs> for one. Um, you're going to gain confidence, you know. And so making alcohol not a, a priority in my life shifted everything for me, too. And there were a lot of little catalysts that kind of, like, led me to where I am now. Um, but, you know, I will say, too, now, now where I'm at in the dating world... <clears throat> excuse me, this is where it's a little different, right? And I think my throat chakra is like clearing up because I don't necessarily feel confident to to speak on it a whole lot yet because I haven't really done much dating. But from what I can tell you and just about dating culture, like opening myself up to relationships, right? Um, and And here's something about that is you know, um, my ex is maybe not ready to date and like is still very much in the throes of the grief process, you know, and in his eyes, my wife left me overnight and for, you know, the reasons he wants to believe, right? Not reasons that I've stated, not feelings that I've shared, not the truth of the situation, but everyone perceives things differently so that they can cope and, and detach. And you know what, if you need to detach in anger to detach from me and that feels good for you, then I'm okay with that. But I know my truth and I know why I left and I know why I am okay right now alone. And I know why I, and I know why I am where I am and why mentally, physically and emotionally I'm more emotionally available than he would be to find a partner because I have been my soul has been seeking a partner for a while, right? Like I've just known. So I feel ready. And I think to the outside world, it would be like, well, how can you move on so quickly? And this is something I have to touch on. You know, like, you're just going to leave a relationship and hop right into something else without healing. And guys, if you know me, you know I have been on a deep, deep, deep healing journey. I have been healing while in the relationship, grieving while in the relationship, detaching while in the relationship. So when I was done, your girl was done. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but I I had grieved enough in the relationship to feel ready. And so when opportunities present, presented themselves and, you know, I got asked on a date, 
<laughs> by a man that I met at Whole Foods who had brown eyes, brown hair, and a beard and checked a lot of my boxes. I went on it. It was great. <laughs> um, but what I'll say is that I knew I was ready for that step, even though maybe to the outside world I shouldn't have, quote, been ready. I knew I was, and I know that I am. And that, that's just a little tidbit that I felt like I had to share. So I, I don't have a ton of experience in dating. I'm very new to it, especially after being with my partner from 17 years old until 31, right? Um, I spent my whole adult life mostly um, so far with a person, even my teenage years, right? Like, yikes. Um, I, I didn't know any better. I, I, I don't have experience here. So I, I don't want to speak from a ton of dating experience at what I can say right now uh, as a woman who has learned her worth um, you even have to let go and move away from new relationships that you meet, new connections, right? Like, you know, I was on a dating app for one week, <laughs> this a very sad, lousy week. Um, I personally, I just, I don't think I'm going to meet my person on that app. There are just too many thirsty men, um, who just aren't in alignment with me. Like maybe they'll be very attractive, right? Physically, but like, on an energetic level, we just don't connect. Like we don't have the same values. You know, you're drinking Red Bulls on your way to a nine to five that you hate, right? The whole thing is intention here. If you hate your job, right? You're drinking Red Bulls on the way to your nine to five that you absolutely hate. And I am, you know, like drinking organic coffee with like raw honey and, you know, building my business from wherever. And we're, and we just are, we don't have the same values, right? So like basically, great. Other than that, dead inside. And so I deleted the app after one week, just not for me. Um, Knowing to walk away from that too, like this isn't serving me. This is not where I want to meet my person, probably not where I will meet my person and no shade and no disrespect to anyone who meets a person on a dating app. I just know intuitively, right? Tapping into me, tapping into my my compass here, it's not, I'm not going to find them on a dating app. I mean, watch me like come back here and change my mind. <laughs> I'm open to changing my mind. I'm open to things. I'm, I'm malleable, right? I'm flexible. But like for right now, my intuition is saying, no, he's not there. So I deleted it. I trusted it. I just deleted the whole app. I'm like, you know what? That's not for me right now. Um, and I walked away and there are connections that I've made with people and I am, and I have had to walk away. I've had to honor myself, honor my boundaries. I would have to set a boundary when something wasn't feeling right. And I would have to say, okay, well, this isn't really what I deserve. I deserve someone who can communicate their feelings. I deserve someone who is consistent. I deserve someone who is reliable. I deserve someone with a communication style that matches mine. I deserve someone with a love language that matches mine. And so if it's words of affirmation and you're not telling me how you feel about me or you're just simply not talking to me very much, it's an incompatibility. It's nothing against you. It's just we probably aren't compatible. And knowing some of these signs and symptoms early on in a relationship um, helps you know when to, to walk away and to honor yourself. And so that's something I'm learning as a 30-year-old woman entering the dating world is that there's a lot of boundaries that you have to put up. You have to be very upfront and honest with what you're looking for. Um, and you have to really listen when people are saying what they're looking for. You have to listen to their intentions in the very beginning because it's likely not going to change. So if they say, I'm not looking for anything serious, you're not going to change their mind. 
<laughs> you just won't. I mean, nine times out of ten, there's always that fluke situation where you might, right? You fall in love because you, you didn't think you would. And there you are in love. And that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the intention. That happens. Like, I'm not to say there are not outlier situations. But nine times out of ten, when someone tells you who they are, what they're looking for, you got to believe them. So if you go on that date and they say, I'm not looking for anything serious, you got to trust that. And if that's not what you're looking for, right, if you don't want something casual and just someone to go out on dates with and have fun with, you're looking for a life partner, you got to be honest with yourself. You have to say, okay, well, this is an incompatibility then because I'm actually looking for someone to commit to me and to, you know, take me off the market. And maybe you take me off the market for a month. Maybe it's two months. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's forevers, right? Like, um, you got to be upfront and you got to find someone who is willing to meet you where you are too. So that is something else I'm learning right now when to walk away. I walk away when someone isn't treating me the way that I deserve to be treated. I walk away when they are not valuing me at my value. Um, I walk away when it's an incompatibility socially or physically or you know our communication styles aren't matching up or we aren't in alignment with our future goals. Um, or even just like our lifestyle, like lifestyle is really important to me. I really need someone who's into like health and wellness and, um, you know, all these other bonuses, right? Like if you're in a spirituality, great. Like you don't have to have all the check boxes. You just have to be like open-minded to them for the most part. But like, if you've got them all awesome, you know, and just knowing like, I know what I'm looking for. And if you don't meet the bare minimum of that, like I got to walk away and even if I, I feel a connection with you and I don't feel like you're putting in the, the effort or the consistency or you don't feel safe to my nervous system anymore because of your inconsistencies and lack of effort and lack of communication, I'm going to lean all the way back with my energy. And this is where I talk about energy. Like I'm going to step into my feminine energy. I'm going to lean all the way back and I'm going to see how you respond to that. Are you going to come towards me with changed behavior or is this going to be a rubber band that snaps and breaks apart right it's very much like that um in dating as a a woman who is trying to step in her feminine energy and receive like we don't want to chase we want to attract we don't want to push and pull someone to be who we need them to be we are just who we are and if we magnetize them to us if they are in alignment with us if they choose us, right, if they pursue us, there will be no question. It will not be confusing. It will feel in alignment and it will flow effortlessly. And I'm realizing that if you feel confused at all in dating, it's not your guy. Your guy won't let you be confused, right? Or girl, whoever you are listening, like it's not your person. Your person's not going to let you be confused with how they feel about you, um, you know, in the earlier stages of being pursued by someone, I knew he liked me. I didn't even have to ask because there was consistency. There was constant, open, and honest communication. There was the pursuit, right? Like constant wanting to see me and be with me and spend time with me and take me on dates and do all these things. Like I knew that I was never confused, not once. I never felt like, I don't know how this person feels about me. It was very clear. Um, so, and I've taken that experience to like gauge, you know, if I get in another experience, like, Hey, I've seen what it's like to be ghosted by someone who isn't interested in me, who shows lack of effort, 
lack of communication, lack of consistency, um, all of that. I, I've experienced, you know, being in a man's energy when he is not interested. It's not fun, but you got to know when to walk away. You can't, you can't grasp for straws and you can't hang on waiting for things to change. They're just not going to unless they do. And then you cross that bridge when you get there, but you can't hold on to false hope. You got to trust people when they show you who they are. And that starts from, you know, when you look back at a relationship, they always say a relationship ends in the same way that it began. And oof, girl, let me tell you, that is the truth. Even with my ex-husband, right, there was, there were times in the beginning, and I, I mean, I was a 17-year-old girl, so, you know, um, and he was older than me, so I, I was just a teenager. I had no idea what I was doing. I left an abusive family, like household, right? Uh, a, my parents stayed together and they shouldn't have. And that whole point of like, we well, got to stay. Well, like you guys stayed in my whole childhood. I wish you wouldn't have. Because all you did was argue. All you did was fight. All you did was show me what love was not. So I didn't know what love was. And I got married at 23. Um, I didn't know, you know. I, I was honestly just not, my, like, what is it? Your frontal cortex isn't even, like, fully developed. Like, I, I wasn't fully an adult quite yet to make decisions. And I made one just to enter a lifelong marriage. And that's not to say you can't get married young or make decisions when you're young that, you know. When you know, you know. And there are people on TikTok right now that are, like, 24 and engaged and, and they could last forever, right? Like, I just saw this cute little couple, this, like, athlete couple. I don't know why I'm gushing. I thought it was adorable. Anyway, I'm not saying you can't get married young. I'm not saying you can't get engaged young. I'm not saying it's, an, it's a bad idea. What I'm saying is it's a bad idea if you come from a history of trauma and you haven't healed from that and then you get married regardless of age. And that was, that's the real big ticket item for me was I came from a lot of trauma. I've talked openly about it. Um, you know, a lot of abuse, a lot of, a lot of a lot. And I brought that into my marriage unconsciously with, you know, debilitating anxiety and panic attacks and panic disorder that I've thankfully have healed over the years. But I brought a lot of that in and I subconsciously chose a partner who reactivated those wounds for abandonment, who reactivated those wounds for, you know, that pain that I experienced in my childhood. And so that's another thing too, is like, take a look at your trauma, you know, who and what traumatized you in your childhood. And did you subconsciously choose a partner that is going to continuously reactivate that? Because I know for damn sure that that's exactly what I did. And when I'm choosing partners now, or like, you know, um, thinking about choosing a partner, it's like, I have to really get into my body and feel around and say, is this reactivating an abandonment wound because of your avoidant attachment style? And because that feels familiar because my father didn't, you know, show up for me in the ways that a dad should. So I, I subconsciously pick male partners who ignore me or who ghost me or who make me feel unseen or unheard or who, you know, don't know how to show love or, you know, or who, who make me feel unworthy or who might be a narcissist, right? Like I'm attract, I was attracting these partners 
And so becoming trauma-informed too is another way to know when to let go, when to move forward. Take a look. Take a nasty, dirty look under the rug where you've swept everything and look at your trauma right in the face and then look at your partner right in the face. And then ask yourself those questions. Are you reactivating my core wounds on a consistent daily basis? Did I choose you subconsciously? Because that's what we do in relationships. We choose people who reactivate those wounds. So even men, if they've got a mother wound, they're going to choose a mom who triggers that, right? That's, that's what, how we have. And so it's really just this re- rewiring of sorts, knowing like I need to be conscious. And that's why I'm, I'm reading the books. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm healing. I'm taking a look at my trauma. And I know when I meet someone and how they treat me, I know is this good for my nervous system? How does my nervous system feel? Do I feel the way that I did in childhood when I felt abandoned and afraid or, you know, unheard or unseen? Or is this person filling my love tank? Is this person listening to me, hearing me, holding space for me emotionally? You know, is it a good, an actual good match? So yeah, and anything right now, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And if you can't meet my needs, you're not my person. And vice versa, right? Like if I can't meet your needs, I'm not your person. And, you know, there's a funny saying like, this girl is someone's wife, leave her alone. Like if, if you're not into it, right? If this isn't what you want, if I'm not what you're looking for, and this goes to anybody, right? Like if they're not what you're looking for, that's someone's husband, let him go. Let, let that man go. That is someone's husband, And just because, you know, maybe he's a great guy, but you're dead inside, right? There's got to be chemistry and compatibility. You can't just have one. You know, I have experienced recently (laughs) with one who was very attractive, but drank Red Bulls on the way to his 9 to 5 and hated it. And I'm like, chemistry? Yeah, maybe like 8 out of 10. Compatibility? 2 out of 10, right? So... You got to be honest and there's got to be both. You got to have chemistry and you have to have compatibility. You've got to like fit in their lifestyle. You've got to fit with their values. You've got to fit with their long-term vision for things. Um, yeah, this is what I'm noticing and I'm, I'm realizing I've talked for almost an hour on this. I could talk forever on this, but I, I wanted to open up, talk about when I knew it was time to leave, the signs and the symptoms that I experienced when it was time to let go and what I'm doing now to navigate new relationships and when to know when to you know kind of hang on tight for the ride and see what happens or when I need to to lean back and see what happens or when I just simply need to walk away because I know my worth I know my value I know what's in alignment and I know what's not I know how to tap into my intuition to feel around in my body I know how to take a look under the rug at my trauma I know how to feel around in my intuition and trust that So if you take anything away from this episode, this little rambling of sorts of my life and my experiences right now, what I want to leave you with is trust yourself. Now, this is not an episode to say go out and leave your partner. I I don't want to be known for the girl that everyone and my DMs are flooded with women saying, I left my my narcissist, I left my abuser, and I fucking 
Love these messages, ladies. Keep sending them. Leave that abusive man. Leave that narcissist. Leave that toxic ass relationship. I am not telling you to stay. But I don't want to be the person who just advocates people to leave without doing any of the work either, right? Like if there's, if you know that maybe things are a little off, but you can save it and you, your nervous system isn't in shambles, your body's not screaming at you, you know there's enough to save and hold on to, it's worth the work and the effort. But I'm telling you, you'll know when it's long gone. Your body will scream at you. Your mind will scream at you. God will scream at you. Your angels will scream at you. Your friends will scream at you. Your playlist will be screaming at you. I mean, you should see my playlist. Good God, I have a playlist. I don't even want to get into it. (laughs) From when I was in my feels about how I really felt, right? About my relationship. Um, You'll know. And, And something else my friend told me. My friend Claire, I talk about her a lot. We were very close. She told me... She said, this was maybe a couple years ago, and she kind of knew I wanted to leave. I knew I wanted to leave, but I wasn't ready. But I thought I was ready, and this was like August 2021. I thought I was ready. And I'm like, Claire, I think I'm, I I'm going to leave. <sighs> She's like, Brittany, here's what I'm going to tell you. When it's time to go, you will know. You will not be uncertain. You will not think you're going to leave. You will leave. And it gives me chills and it chokes me up because it's the truth. You will know. And if there is a fraction, an inch, anything inside of you that still longs to stay, and not because of, you know, what someone said, you should should stay or any of the shoulds, right? It's a feeling. If there's a feeling inside that says to stay, there's still more work to be done, or I still need to learn my lesson here, or there's more to uncover here, or there's just a little bit more time I need to spend here, then you trust that. Trust. I wasn't ready August 2021 when I I thought I was. I knew it was time to go, but it all wasn't in alignment like it was in July when I fully, officially, on the dotted line, energetically all of it completely detached myself and walked away from everything that I'd ever known family friends marriage life house all of it right I left but I knew then without a shadow of a doubt when you know you know right and it's the same when you when you meet someone when you know you know (laughs) when you leave someone when you know you know you will know the signs will be loud and clear, especially if you do any of those recommendations that I mentioned in, the, in this episode here to connect and to get clear on that answer for you. You will know. There is another thing before I end here that I want to share about because I think in today's dating culture, we are really afraid. <clears throat> this generation, it's funny. We're really afraid of connection. And I don't say we because I'm not. Um, I'm from a different generation and I, uh, I dated before there was dating apps, right? So like I'm new here. <laughs> I feel like a new student. But I'm learning. I'm learning about today's dating culture. What I'm learning is that people are really afraid to connect. They're really afraid to commit. They're afraid to get attached. They're afraid to catch feelings. They're afraid to get too close. They're really afraid to get heartbroken, And to be in that place, that discomfort of uncertainty, like, well, I don't know how long this is going to last. 
I don't know how this is going to end. And I started feeling myself fall into that, like pulling away. You know, I, I could feel myself, and I have my last episode is all about attachment theory, avoidant attachment, feel fearful avoidant attachment, anxious attachment. And I started out in relationships in the past being more of an anxious attacher, right? Um, and now I feel myself slipping into the fearful avoidant category where I'm like, I like you. And we're getting close and we're compatible and we have chemistry and bop, 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 bop. I'm pulling away because I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt, right? That's my trauma talking. That's my, uh, you know, uh, logical mind talking, not my feeling base, not my intuition. So I'd pull away. I'd say, I'm afraid. I gotta, I gotta detach, and I'm noticing this pattern in myself. Um, and what I have to say about that, if you're in the dating world and this parts for you, is that I have decided that I am going to let dating hit me and connections, right, in general, hit me like a virus. I'm gonna let it hit me like a virus. Meaning, when a virus hits you, you there's nothing you can do, right? It's coming on full steam ahead. It hits you like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. I don't know if you've ever caught the flu, right? You're walking around at 3 o'clock feeling totally fine. 5 o'clock, you're shivering with a blanket on, and you feel like death warmed over, and you're like, how the hell did this happen? Two hours ago, I was fine. That's very much what it's like to connect with someone like out of nowhere, right? You have a chemistry compatibility. You connected with someone and it, it's going to hit you like a virus. And you're going to be like, well, damn it, this wasn't my plan. I didn't want this, right? I don't want this bug. I don't want this virus. I didn't want this flu. And you're going to have no choice because you can try to detach, right? You can try to remove yourself from a connection that you feel on every level. And usually if you feel that way, the other person does too. Like if, if it's very strong, it's very rare that only one person feels it, right? So it's like you're both vibing. Maybe you've even talked about it. And out of fear of getting hurt, getting heartbroken, whatever, you both pull away. And, you know, there's a saying where the connection cannot be created nor destroyed. So once it's there, it's there. And it's very much like when you have a virus and you want to get rid of it, and you think like, well, if I could take something for this, right? Like an antibiotic, I'll just take it and I'll get better. But like antibiotics don't work for something like a viral infection. You just got to let it run its course. And so I'm realizing that in dating and in relationships, like maybe I might feel a connection and out of fear, I might want to pull away. I might get afraid because I don't know the outcome, right? After being married for so long and feeling that like certainty, like here's one thing I can tell you nothing lasts forever. And so to this dating culture, it's so funny because they're afraid of commitment where it's like, you could just commit for four to six months, travel the world with someone, just have like exclusivity and like, no, you're not going to catch gonorrhea because you guys are, you know, like exclusive with one another for a short amount of time. Like, let's just keep it real and do a really fun soul mission together and and that's all it was. And it was a beautiful thing. And then it just, you know, it ended because of other reasons. Naturally, right? Naturally, like the viral infection ended and it was over and it ran its course. And you're able to, to go your own ways and detach easier. 
right? Because I'm finding that even in new relationships, it's easier for me to detach from someone in anger, in, you know, in sadness and pain and hurt, neglect, other things. Like I can detach from you when you've wronged me, but it is way harder for me to detach from you in uncertainty. If I don't know why this didn't work out, and I think I could keep going. There, there's something else too called situationships right now where it's like you're not in a relationship, you're in a situationship. So it's like you do and you function very much like you're in a relationship with this person, but you lack the commitment. You don't have the title. You're not. How it could have went. You don't know how it could have ended the situationship. So it's really hard to detach an uncertainty and it's really hard to feel good about that kind of ending, that kind of breakup. And you'll see on TikTok, like, man, why does a situationship breakup feel so much worse than like leaving a marriage or leaving a divorce? And it's because it had an opportunity to run its course. It was done. And you guys have both mutually felt all of those feelings and you were taken on that roller coaster ride of what it is to be in a real relationship. And, and they don't have to be long, right? They can be short-lived and have a short mission and, and serve that purpose. But it gets painful when you aren't being honest about your feelings and you're not letting a relationship, a connection hit you like a virus versus trying to control the outcome with something like, you know, antibiotic, removing yourself and uncertainty and then fear. So that's something else I, I wanted to note because it's what I'm moving through right now. It's what I'm going through as a, a single person. Wow. In the world right now, functioning, um, you know, looking to attract her her divine counterpart, her person. And very humbling, very vulnerable experience for me. But you know what? Like, I'm also in the school of thought that right now I'm attracting what I need and I'm attracting what's good for me, what's up-leveling me, even when something doesn't end the way that I I'd hoped, right? Or, or that I thought it would, or maybe I get a little hopeless romantic and a little overly optimistic <laughs> in situations Um I'm learning the lessons I need to learn to grow to. And each person that I've connected with gets me closer and closer and closer to what's on my checklist, to what I'm looking for, to, you know, the the minimum requirement of, you know, this next chapter of my life. And so if you're listening to this and you're maybe dating, you know, and you're not in a relationship, but you still want to know when to move away from a connection, right? Or you are in a 10-year marriage and you want to know, should I stay or should I go? My hope is that in listening to this, you find some peace. You know that you're not alone. You know that there are women in my DMs right now going through what you're going through. Whether that be abuse, toxicity, um, infidelity, or whatever. Anything you're, you're moving through, other women in this community are moving through it too. And I see you, I hear you. And I honor your journey and I respect you for what you're, what you're moving through silently with no one else knowing about it. And I want you to know that I'm here for you. And I hope that this episode really sheds some light on knowing your truth, living in your truth and stepping into your power to live in that fullest expression of yourself and, and your truth. So thank you for being here with me. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. If it resonated at all, you know, share it on social media or, or wherever you see it fit. Um, spread the message. If you feel called, 
I would really love a rating or a review. It really helps me um, in the algorithm and helps my podcast get ranked, which helps me attract sponsors and, you know, ways to kind of monetize this free podcast so that I can take care of me and and my little family. So um, if you feel called, any review, no matter how small, means the world to me. So thank you so much for, for being here again, sending you so much love. Follow me on TikTok for some crazy um, little nuggets of wisdom and what I'm going through in my life. I keep it super real over there. And follow me on Instagram too, where I just share in stories well, what, I'm, what I'm moving through, what I've, what I've got going on, and uh, give you daily pep talks and a, and a hell of a lot of energy. So um, I am excited to connect with you. I'll see you there and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Basinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.